Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And this week, we're speaking with David Goggins. David, welcome to the show. Appreciate that. Thank you. So, David, you're the toughest man on earth, right? You know what? I, I grew up not that guy. A lot of people put a title on me. They want to, uh, they see me now. They see me now as the guy that with his shirt off who can do 4,000, 30 pull-ups in 17 hours, who can run 205 miles in 39 hours, who can do all this crazy shit. But what they don't understand is they don't understand the journey that it took me to get to this point. And what got me to this point was I was just the opposite of what I am today. I was that guy who ran away from absolutely everything that I got in front of me. But not many people knew that. I had two people. I had the, I had the, like the real me was like this very scared, insecure, stuttering, got beat up by his dad, all this kind of stuff. And then I, I built this fake person that walked around like my shit didn't stink. What do you mean by different person? And I started opening different doors that I didn't think were even there, that I didn't think even existed. And the more doors I opened up, the more I started realizing that my potential is damn near endless. And it, and it changed my whole mindset. So I went from David Goggins and I created Goggins. Yo, Cam, what was it like witnessing the two different personalities David has? I just thought even having the chance to train with him, it's like, man, just feel lucky to, to see him in action and see him change from David to Goggins. I've got to know what that transformation's like. Whatever, maybe just a thing, but it was real. It's like when, <laughs> when shit got hard, he got into this different zone and it was like, he got better. He got better, got really? tougher. Yeah, he did. Cam, we all want to know, what's Goggins mode like? Uh, well, he had his shirt off <laughs> and he was, and it was cold rain. He's had his shirt off and he was saying, they don't fucking know me. They, I'm like, who is he? He's like, they don't, they don't know me, son. And doing, saying all this stuff. I said, who was he saying that to? And he's like, there's nobody up here. Thanks, Cam. We now know how Goggins mode emerged. But David, what made you weak in the first place? And what makes men weak in general? And I started finding things that was comfortable. And the more things I found comfortable, the more uncomfortable my mind was. Because that voice I was telling you about, it, it always was there. I was just trying to avoid that conscience. I, I wanted to be left alone from that conscience and it wouldn't leave me alone. Because why in worse weather, we get better. That's brilliant. Your mind got weaker because of the soft environment you had and the inability to self-motivate. True statement, man. And I look at it as, as, as psychological warfare. And that's where I started learning that, that life is one big psychological warfare that you play on yourself. You play on yourself, man. The most important conversation I ever had my, is, is with myself. And the shit I was telling myself was so fucked up. It was so wrong. It was so misguided. And other people start to write that dialogue for you also. And it starts to be what you say to yourself every single day. And I started creating a whole nother warfare. A whole nother battle started becoming. I was like, oh, hang on a second, Goggins. You have these tools. You have these tools. Your life was basically the perfect the perfect grounds for training for where you need to go in your life. All the beatings, all the, all the bullying, all the, you know, you going through uh, learning disabilities, all the struggles. It was the absolute perfect training ground for you to go to where you need to go. And that's how I started looking at my life versus woe is me, poopy pants, kick a rock down the street mentality. It was, nah, God just hooked you right the fuck up. 
He hooked you right up, man, with the perfect place. You were training. For the first 18, 19, 20, you were training for this stuff, man. You have the advantage of everybody else versus, my God, they're so above me. They came from a great family. Mom and dad love them. They didn't have a learn. They didn't stutter. They didn't struggle. No, man, your struggle is what made you who you are now. So I started flipping this into a whole different, I started being a master of what I was scared of. I was scared of my mind. And I became a, literally a master of that mind. And that's what now, from now on, it sets me apart from most people. I started diving into that. But once you get around the, the best of the best of the best people, you can kind of start breaking them down and realizing, man, you, you're just as fucked up as me. Like, like we all have, <laughs> but all you did was you hit it better. Your, your, your upbringing, your mom and dad, your society, the way you were raised, it hit it better than, than, than mine. You weren't the only black kid, or there was like five, in a, in a school. You know, I can't hide. Going through buds, I was the only black kid. You can't hide. But I started realizing just because I look different than you, a lot of you motherfuckers can't hide either. Yeah, man, that's a truth, and we can't hide either. And this reminds us all that in life we all share some fears, don't you think? But a lot of us have these fears that you just don't want to fucking face. And um, I have a lot of them. I had a lot of them. And that's what created the person who's in front of you today, and we'll get into that. And I, I, everybody was to blame. My, my learned disability, my, my skin color, you know, me, me being everything. And so um, I sat there for a while, and I was like, man, I got to fucking, I, I've, I've got it. No one's going to fucking come to help me. No one's going to fucking come to help me. It's, it's fucking me against me, period. And um, so I had the man up, and I said, the first thing I start doing is facing every fucking fear I have, no matter what the fuck it is, man. And, I, and these things would keep me up. And not, no one, people who are hearing this shit, they, they will never really understand and grasp when you face these things and so many things, how they keep you up and haunt you at night. Jesse, did these fears and use of suffering show up with your months with Goggins? Every day sucked. <laughs> he, he didn't tell me that we we're going to do that five times a day. That, you know. Um, no, I mean, I remember one day, well, the first thing we did was we, he came and, and he, um, he wanted to see how many pull-ups I could do so he could map out the month. He lived with me for a month. And I went to the pull-up bar and I got like maybe eight pull-ups, which is an exaggeration. I probably got like four pull-ups. Uh, and then he said, all right, wait 30 seconds, go and do it again. And I went up on the pull-up bar and I did maybe like three or four. He said, all right, wait 30 seconds. I want you to do it again. And I got up on the pull-up bar and I did maybe like one kipping, you know, getting my right. damn chin over the bar barely. And I dropped down. I was all jacked up. And I said, all right, well, what's, what's next? He said, well, what's next is we're not leaving here until you do 100 more. We're not leaving the gym until you do 100 more. Man, Goggins, that's impossible. And he said, you know, I already, I already know what your biggest problem is. And he's like, the limitations you're putting on yourself are, are self-imposed. Get the fuck back on the bar. You're about to go in a place where you've never been, motherfucker. Merry Christmas, <laughs> motherfucker. Merry Christmas, motherfucker, to you too, Goggins. So what kept you in that mentally tough zone? I started being able to take negative shit and be happy. So I was like, man... What story would it be if my fucking fat, dumb, lying to be friends with people, insecure ass can overcome this shit? And that what if mentality, like that, that, that dreamer mentality just would always fuel me. It would just fuel me, man. What if I can be, what if I can be a seal, man? What, what if I can go from running a quarter of a fucking mile, now I, now I run 205 miles. What, what, what if I can go 
what, just what if I can go and, and, and what if, how would that feel? If I'm graduating, because I don't forget at the graduation thing I was talking about, 224, the, like the video I sat down and watched, this command officer stood up and he said to, to the graduation, um, guys who are graduating buds, like 18 of them, he said, we live in a society where mediocrity is often rewarded. And he went on to say something about these men detest mediocrity. And I wanted to be a man that detests mediocrity. Hoorah! Detesting mediocrity and living a lifestyle that incorporates suffering and consistency allows you to achieve better in life and go after your dreams. What do you think about that, Goggins? When you're in all the muck and you're just walking in muck and walking in muck and walking in muck, you don't see that if you look off to the fucking left of the muck, there's a sidewalk, brother. Get off, get off of it. You, you have your head down looking in this muck. Once I saw the sidewalk, got the sidewalk... I got a little break and I got a different vantage point. And then from the sidewalk, I found a cliff. Then I found a mountain. I got way up high on top of my life and looked back down on it and said, okay, I got to figure this out, man. I'm not going anywhere. I'm starting to lie. I'm starting like, so when you have a messed up foundation, I started lying about everything. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be accepted in some society of life, some social society. And I, and I, I was like, man, this isn't the right way. I messed up here. I messed up here. I messed up everywhere. And so I realized the worst thing that happened to me is I lost myself. I never had myself. I never found myself. I had no self-esteem. So I knew through working out and through learning, because it, it took a lot for me to learn also, I started finding self-esteem. Once I found that, that's when doors started opening up. I, started, I stopped caring about people, that what they thought, being judged. Wow, if I say this, if I started right now, are you going to make fun of me? I stopped caring about that. And that's when my life started really changing for me, slowly but surely. Stop caring about the world around you is a big issue in today's society. And your story shows that going out and grinding it on your own and getting that shit out of your head and focusing on yourself is really powerful. Have you got a good example of silencing out the noise and focusing? I usually train alone. This person wanted to run with me. And I said, fine, we'll run 15. This morning comes. There's storms coming in this way. And the person calls and said, hey, why don't we do it tomorrow? Taking souls is when I told the motherfucker, I'm gonna run 15 today, and I'll run with you again tomorrow. That's what taking souls is about. Don't worry about the elements and what's going on. You gotta get out there and get it. And that's taking souls, and obviously, he wasn't the only one I thought about taking the day off because the storm is coming in right now and there's not a soul out here but me. What do you say to be the people who think you're crazy for doing the things that you do? Title on you, man. It's yeah. easier for them. Oh, you're just fucking exactly. natural. Exactly. You're natural. Exactly. No, you don't work hard enough, motherfucker. Once you shut your mind down to the possibility that it can be achieved, there's no way it can happen. What separates me from a lot of people is they go into an, a daunting task. And the task is overwhelming. Like when I heard the pull-up record was 4,020 pull-ups. And I was talking about breaking this record. People are like, oh my God. I went right to a pen and paper. They go, what are you doing? I'm doing the math, man. I've spoken about this on my podcast before. Being able to break things down into smaller chunks allow the human mind to comprehend a larger task. And for you to be able to get over that hurdle of starting it in the first place. By doing so and, and having this ability, what has this allowed you to do? One thing we do in life is we allow the better people 
We have more skills than us, faster than us. Get in our heads. Wimbledon right now, Roger Federer. Before somebody gets on the tennis court with Roger, they're already two sets down mentally. We can't live our lives that way. We gotta get on the equal playing field. Find a way to get on equal playing field with somebody. Get in the game. Mentally preparing for an event or a task ahead is useful for being able to set yourself up on that same playing field as you've said. But what happens when you are at your worst and you don't have that same playing field as everyone else? How do you tackle that? I get to mile 70 and it was a, the, the worst pain of my life. I sat down in this blue lawn chair at mile 70 and my the Ritz crackers after mile 20 became Ritz cracker balls. I wasn't hydrating correctly. I didn't know what to do. I was drinking Mileplex for my nutrition because I couldn't eat these Ritz crackers. Had very minimal water, if any at all. And I was just dying. So I sat down in this blue lawn chair as I was watching all these runners go around in this circle. I was all dizzy and lightheaded. Hadn't gone to the bathroom. It's been about 12 hours. I went 70 miles in about 12 hours, which is good. And I looked at my ex-wife now and I was like, I am fucked. And I started seeing like three of her. And once my body stopped, my mind just went off. And I had to go to the bathroom. And the bathroom was like, it's like 20 feet away from me, if that. And I couldn't. And so I sat there and peed blood down my leg and started crapping up my back. And with 30 miles to go, I, and my feet were broken. I was just in the worst shape. Because once you stop running, not running like that, I mean, I hadn't run in almost a year. I was just doing bodybuilding stuff in 20 minutes on the elliptical trainer. Holy crap. So do you take any days off, Goggins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are no days off. But what do you say to yourself when you're tired, down, and you want to take a day off? I just got a 17-hour flight. And I'm sitting there thinking, take a day off. No one will know. But I keep on thinking, too. There's always someone out there who's working harder than you. I'm haunted by that motherfucker. Knowing that that's someone out there is willing to forgo personal desires and comforts, forgo sleep, forgo whatever it takes to be better, to be the best. In life, a lot of times, a lot of us have that person out there. There may not be a name or a face to him, but he exists. You make sure in life when they think about that person, you make sure they put a name and a face to it. You make sure the name and face is yours. You do the haunting. Get in somebody's head. Own space. In those times when you want to quit, because we're all human, you make sure you remember one thing. All those times and hours and days, you sacrifice to be the best. Stay hard. Boom. Headshot. What do you say to those theorists out there who haven't put in the work and are still asking about rest days? You read a bunch of fucking books. And you think that you know how the fucking mind works and shit. I had gone through hell since a kid. And then all the way up until now. Right. So I know. So that theory is bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there you can read from people. But I had lived hell. And when you put yourself in hell, that's the only time you can figure out how the fuck to get through that motherfucker. You can't. You can't read somebody else's book about some theory on how to do shit. Some guy who set up in their nice warm office. And, read, and, and wrote some book with a nice cup of coffee in the fucking hand. No, I want to see that guy who put, immersed himself in fucking hell. And he thought about quitting and leaving and, and his wife and his kids. And why am I here? Is, this, is it worth it? All this crazy shit. 
and still said and found out a way to get through it. We all want to read about how we can quickly get somewhere. That's why the six minute abs and all sorts of shit so powerful. You may get some results from it, but they're not permanent. The permanent result comes from you fucking, I say it all the time, you have to suffer. You have to make that a tattoo on your fucking brain so when that hard time comes again, you don't forget it. So, Goggins, is there ever an end to the suffering? Or maybe how I should put it, is there ever an end to the consistent battle? People go, man, why don't you ever smile? There's no fucking end, my friend. Fuck yeah, there is no end to the battle. There is no end to the journey. There is no end to the consistency. You must put in the work to get the results. There is no better way to end this podcast other than that. But I want everyone to know what you're all about. Please, Goggins, let them know. I'm driven. I'm obsessed. And that's what you see. Thanks, Goggins. This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Who's going to carry the motherfucking boats? See you next week. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs>